but here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Was that easier? I think so. That's not how our theme song ends, but you get the shift. Go for it. I'm going to let you stew in that one for a sec. <laughs> and welcome to the Bourbon and Brothers podcast. I am your host for this evening. My name is Flynn Ashley, and I'm here with my fellow host, Kevin Reynolds. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Andrew Hovkamp. Cade Mielefalcha. And Jacob Pretty. It's St. Patrick. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, happy what Saint yeah Saint Paddy's Day. It is Saint Patrick's Day. Um, just highlighting how incompetent we are. This is episode nine. We are recording this on Saint Patrick's Day. This is definitely coming out way later than Saint Patrick's Day. So hopefully you can actually uh, celebrate with us a little bit. Okay, der- Derby is six weeks away. It might. Yeah, come, yeah that's it's actually gonna, on we'll, schedule. We'll we're going to release. <laughs> We're going to release a St. Patrick's Day episode on Cinco de Mayo. That I can't is, wait. Uh, I can't wait for our 4th of July Derby episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how it's rolling. So you're going to you're going to celebrate all of your favorite holidays with us just way behind. Um, so get your Irish whiskey out. We're going to each uh, we're going to start off a little bit different. We're going to uh, give a little Irish and toast an Irish blessing, and then I'll take a swig of our famous, uh, our favorite Irish whiskeys. So, Kevin, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, I uh, my favorite Irish saying growing up was how my father would start uh, every St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is like his day; it's his favorite holiday. He kind of looks like a leprechaun, um, and so he started every St. Patrick's Day with. You know, banging on our doors, going top of the morning and Aaron go bra, um, and so that was, that's just what I think of every every morning of, of St. Patrick's Day. I called him tonight to, so that we could do that. He's got an annual tradition where he gathers with his friends. He's been doing it for almost you know thirty five forty years, and um, they have a good time. They have some corned beef and cabbage, and they sing Galway Bay as a group. Uh, and this time, you know, they did like a takeout thing. Uh, at their house, but it wasn't the party. So checked on him. He's doing well. Um, but I'm having some uh, Jameson Black Label tonight, which is a delightful treat. Um, I had a little bit of Proper 12 earlier. Um, that's uh, McGregor's uh, Irish Whiskey Label, which is pretty good. And then at some point in the episode, I expect around segment number two, <laughs> I'll be switching to bourbon because it's the Bourbon Brothers podcast. And I'm bringing a new one to the table called fistful of bourbon oh god fistful of bourbon it is a blend of five straight bourbon whiskeys that's made in in new york um it doesn't say how old they are it's 90 proof it was 23 dollars does it say the bourbons that it mixed it says that there are it gives you five barrel profiles um it says one is a backbone balanced sweet bourbon the second is a green leafy floral bourbon, then a soft spices with hints of nutmeg bourbon, a buttery toffee bourbon, and a cinnamon licorice bourbon. I just, um, I'm imagining literally someone is just pick, reaching their hand into barrels, putting it into a bottle, and that is how they're getting their fistfuls. They're just fistful of literally bourbon. Literally yeah. fistfuls of bourbon. Just. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, uh, 
That's what I bought. I bought Kevin, this bottle. I'm going I'm to be honest. That sounds terrible. Um, it tastes like a $23 bottle of bourbon. I'll just say that. Um, 23, bottles of bo- $23 bottles of bourbons should taste okay. Good. Yeah, they should taste borderline good. Borderline decent. Yeah. It's bottled and produced by William Grant and Sons in New York, New York for Tuffleton Spirits in Garnier, New York. I so. disrespect everything that what you just said. Hope Camp. <laughs> I'm so next. so disappointed in how Kevin finished that segment. Uh, and <laughs> man, okay, yeah, like it's like I'm drinking a bunch of Irish whiskey and also this New York swill of blended garbage that I don't enjoy. And I spent, I looked at it, said, "This is twenty four dollars." You know what? I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, like you I just give it a try. Okay. Okay. It's fun to try new things. Um, in this case, it was, you know, it didn't work out well. Okay, I wouldn't buy it again, but I had to share that with, you know, our tens of listeners. Well, um, this these dozen folk will uh, now all shift into my little uh, happy St. Paddy's Day. And um, I'm drinking a nice little swill of uh, Bushmills, actually, Irish whiskey. And uh, I don't... I always will go to bourbon over Irish whiskey, except for essentially two times a year. One is, of course, St. Patrick's Day. The other is the annual tradition that I started for Mother's Day, where I uh, would go to a Celtic woman show. And, uh, of course, we'll drink some Irish whiskey there as well. Uh, but I do love Irish music. And uh, so this is just such an, a great excuse for me to continue to listen to songs that I listen to year-round anyway. Um, but one of the things we went, I went to a, a Dayton, the Dayton Celtic festival a while back and we essentially accidentally stayed at the hotel, uh, with all the bands and befriended a small musical group, shout out to socks in the frying pan. Um, and we heard this phrase a lot from the, the Irish that were there and it's, uh, what's the crack? And every time they finished a song or like somebody played a, a random solo, they'd look over at him and they would just be like, that's some good crack. And they would always have to make a point to say, that's just a thing we say in Ireland about like, that's a, that's good stuff. What's going on? What's good right now? Um, but it's, what's the crack? And that's how it's phrased and pronounced. And I love it. So that's one of, that's probably my favorite Irish phrase is, uh, to just walk around and, you know, what's the crack? So pretty, what's the crack? Just so you know, by the way, that's spelled C-R-A-I-C. It is, You're yes. putting it on social. Yes. Don't write what's the crack, C-R-A-C-K, because Irish people will make fun of you. And please don't yeah. describe our podcast as good C-R-A-C-K. It is, <laughs> no, it is good don't. C-R-A-I-C. <laughs> yeah. But I like Nobody's to think it's good crack. it is good. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, I uh, today uh, have my favorite Irish whiskey. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, Jameson. Uh, you know, I, I've got an uncle who's uh, from Ireland. Um, super awesome. Uh, shout out, Uncle Finbar. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I think I probably need to consult him to find some better Irish whiskeys. I mean, Jameson's great, but I think there's better stuff out there. Um, so uh, I'm going to do a toast uh, with that. Um and I always love the, the saying uh, that uh, I've heard several people say uh, throughout my family um, and, uh, you know, all around this time of year, uh, the Irish saying of, may you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. It's a good one. Uh, and then, uh, you know, later on in this episode, I'll be shifting over to my bottle of bourbon that I have, um, the Jeffers Creek 
bottle of bourbon, uh, which is a bourbon whiskey that has no strong odor by any means, um, so it doesn't smell like bourbon. Uh, but doing some research, uh, found out it's actually secretly produced by Varial Barton, uh, seven, or, uh, Barton 1792, whatever. Um, but uh, they claim like no connection to it aside from acknowledging that they secretly produce it, but that's it. I did. I did so. forget to mention that once I switch from the Bushmills, I will be apparently drinking the finest bourbon of the evening, <laughs> uh, which is just my go-to. I was just like, I just need to grab the standard because I've already drinking some Irish whiskey. I'm drinking Buffalo Trace tonight. Um, but somehow I reached for the top shelf with that one, uh, Good man. but I'll enjoy it more than the other two. <laughs> oh, well, it's cause the rest of us are focusing on like, you know, some good Irish whiskey and then it's like, and then whatever. I'm also drinking, but that's exactly what I did. I just have standards. Even when I step down or back up to the bourbon, I should say. Yeah, that's fair. It's a good point. Good point. I apparently don't, but anyways, Flynn. Jacob, I am also drinking, uh, Jameson white label. Um, I couldn't find my favorite, uh, Irish whiskey Teelings. Uh, when I was in Dublin, I actually went to Teelings Distillery. It's a fantastic tour um, with a, a friend on his birthday, so I couldn't actually find it. So I just I settled for some Jameson. We also toured the Jameson Distillery and and kind of mixed our own Jamesons, which is really cool. Um, and uh, later on, I'll be switching to a new bourbon uh, that I just started uh, trying. It's co- called Quarterhouse Reserve. Looks very fancy. It's uh, uh, distilled and bottled in Tyler Distillery in Owensboro. Um, it is described as, quote, at least two years old. Um, so... <laughs> So it meets the minimum requirements to be bourbon. Yep. Uh, it's uh, better than Jeffords Creek uh, because I was over at Jacobs and, and took a smell of Jeffords Creek and it smelled like water. Um, it's better than that, but but only slightly. So um, <clears throat> my my Irish my Irish saying that I, I always go to is one uh, growing up, I always used to serve mass um, and I was one of the only you know servers that was consistent. Uh, and so I always got picked to serve funerals as well. I got pulled out of school to serve funerals. And something that at St. Patrick's Church they always said um, was the Irish blessing. And it says, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rain fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. So with that said, cilantro, guys, let's take a shot. Cilantro. I was totally blanking on what the Irish cheers was, and I'm so glad that you said it because I was like, oh, crap, I totally just forgot what I was supposed to say. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so getting into the real shenanigans, um, uh, be sure to follow us on our Twitter and Instagram at AirWNB and follow all of our hosts as well on there. Um, so for tonight, we're going to go into beyond the bourbon or beyond the, uh, Jameson, um, and, uh, just talk about ourselves a little bit more, introduce ourselves as your host. Um, then we're going to go into fictional squad, uh, and we'll explain that more as we come at, to it. And then we're going to go into my partner was right. And we're talking about times that our significant partners, uh, significant others were correct and we were wrong and we have learned from them. Um, this was, uh, very much, uh, wanted by, I think all of our significant others. They, they, they claim to listen to the podcast, uh, and they say, why don't you talk about how we're all always right? And 
And so um, we get to do that tonight. Let me um, let me just say very definitively, I made my significant other listen to the first episode of the podcast. She has listened to Nonsense and advocated most strongly for this segment. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So yeah, Allison needs to listen, actually. I, I would also like to state that uh, the uh, uh, yesterday, Kat was describing what the drop should sound like for the Flynn's favorite film segment, and she described exactly what it does sound like. So that was very evident that she does not listen to the podcast either. <laughs> so, and she's a part of it. <laughs> she yep, is. Yep. She is a big part in the, the biggest <laughs> talent, I would say. Um, all right. So let's get into uh, our Beyond the Bourbon. Beyond the Bourbon. So we're going to start off uh, just talking a little bit about ourselves. So I'm going to let Jacob kick this off. We're going to talk about our fears, what we fear most in the world, what we lay at night fearing the most. And I have common fears with many of you. I have differing fears than many of you, and some of you may have strange fears. So we're going to introduce those to to each other. So Jacob, why don't you kick us off? Absolutely. Thank you, Flynn. So uh, for those who have followed us since the beginning, uh, I believe it's episode six or seven. I don't know. Numbers are uh, contrived doesn't matter um but we talked about uh, we did a confession segment confessing things well, three and of us if confessed. you recall yeah. you're right yeah. <laughs> one of us aka me did not confess but instead said oh this is what i'm really proud of uh so for years um and this actually spawns from like I, i'm pretty sure some traumatic experience in my childhood that i don't remember anymore uh but i had this very irrational fear of being chased up the steps. Um, so much so that I would always insist on being the last person to walk up steps, but I, I do it very casually, you know, just try to be a gentleman. Oh, go ahead. After you, after you, after you, and let everyone else go ahead of me because, uh, I think I had watched one, two scary movies or something, uh, you know, where the, the, the villain grabs the, the person running like, from the steps and just pulls their legs out and then boom, they fall and, and they're in pain. And yeah, anyways. Um, but I told, uh, everyone on here that I have since conquered that fear, um, and no longer am deathly afraid of being chased up steps. Am I still slightly? Maybe, uh, you could probably scare me a bit, but, uh, I am no longer, I no longer feel obligated to, um, let others go before me when being chased up steps. So, what I want to know from the rest of you is what is your biggest fear or greatest fear? What is something that you are currently afraid of or something that you have been afraid of that you've overcome? Uh, it can be super serious or it can be totally goofy, uh, irrational and ridiculous, like being chased up steps. I can, I can jump in here and basically, um, I'm going to jump in before Flynn does so that I get the first word in, I think, um, we, Flynn and I, along with Pretty and uh, one of our other friends, lived together our senior year of college. Um, and I think it was there that we truly grasped the magnitude of how scared we were of wasps. <laughs> um, uh, correction, you and Flynn. Yeah, yes. Flynn and I, sorry. It was just Flynn and I were scared yes. of wasps. Yeah, it was just um, you and me. And it is, uh, it has not it's gotten better at, at all, at all. Um, just literally yesterday, I was going outside for a run and I keep uh, my key there's a little like combination lock kind of hidden underneath the awning of my back porch. So you can just do the combination. There's a key there, lock the door, put the key back up. It's perfect for running. Um, 
among other things. So I get the key out, I lock the door, and as I'm turning to put the key back in, I look out of the corner of my eye and I was like, oh no, is that a wasp? And I look and, oh yeah, it's a wasp. And I've got like the storm door pinned open against my back. The wasp dives in between the storm door and the locked back door, which is where I am. And so I just run down the stairs. My phone falls on the porch. So now I'm holding the key that I need to put back up. It's gone. The phone that I'm using for music is gone on the forever. porch and the wasp is just hanging out there. And I'm like, why? Well, I, I got to run. Like this is backwards. Nope. So I couldn't do anything. Save yourself. Um, yep. Yeah. And Get out. eventually Get out the wasp, I don't think it was a very lively wasp, definitely woke up too soon, I think. But uh, eventually it landed on the ground. I was able to go up and get it. But I was just like, this has gotten no better. No better at all. I'm so terrified of wasps. And I I mean, I'll Mm. empty a can of Raid if I see one like on my garage. And uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I don't don't know. It's it's gotten no better. I own stock in Raid because I purchased so much of it. I bought I bought the parent company stock because I'm just con- convinced that that I'm personally getting a return on that investment because of how much raid I go through in the summer months. I think Flynn would tell you one time we were drinking bourbon on my patio, and I got so irrational. I got no. This, see, this it is was not, not, it's not irrational. I don't think it's, it's a very rational. Fear. Fear. This is a rational fear. One hundred percent. I think it's, I think our reactions are irrational, but the fear is rational. No. No, no, no. Okay, Our yeah, okay. Not it is, You have Justified. to do what you can. But I they sprayed are evil. I sprayed raid all around us because we saw one wasp, and it <laughs> definitely went into our drinks. And we had this moment where we were like, "Crap, can we keep drinking this bourbon?" And we did. We kept yeah, drinking we the bourbon, yeah. but it was we yeah, were a little nervous about it. We were yeah. a little nervous about it. I think it got on the stakes too. We didn't need to tell anybody about that. <laughs> no, yeah, so. No. Going back to when we lived together in oh college, camp, um, I, I called you when you were at work one time. I walked into our, our dorm room, and there was a wasp on the on the ceiling lamp. And I was like, okay, I need to get this out of here. So I called Jacob, didn't answer. I called Colin, who has our other roommate, didn't answer. I called you, and you were like, what do you want me to do? I'm at work. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me tell you this from my perspective. My phone rings like seven times in a row, and it's all Flynn. And I'm at work. And one of the things that Flynn 100% knows about what I'm doing right now is that I am at work. So he knows that whatever's going on, I'm not getting, I'm working. This was more important. And then I get a text that just says, emergency in the room. And I was like, oh no. And then then as soon as I was about to call him back, I was like, I bet it's just a wasp. <laughs> I call him up and just, just a goes, wasp. Just a there's wasp. a wasp in the room. I was like, I can't do anything about it. Call pretty, call our other roommate, call the RA. I got nothing. <laughs> That's what I did. I called our RA. And so our RA was a friend of ours. Her name is Lauren. Um, and she, uh, I, 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 I called her and I said, Lauren, I need you to come to up to our room. I, I have a problem. She was like, what's the problem? I was like, there's a wasp in our room. And she just laughs and hangs up. And she's the worst RA I've ever had. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I had a staring contest with this wasp probably 30 minutes. Um as I as I stood with a towel just at the ready, and at some point I like screeched like Cam in Modern Family, and I just attacked it, and I and I I, I shoot it outside, and I threw the towel with it, and then I ran back inside, slammed the door. My heart's racing. Twenty minutes later, I go out. Towel's gone. I don't know what happened. The wasp took the wasp took the towel. I have no clue. True story. 
<laughs> it's like one of those ghost stories to me. I have a similar story, and this is this is 100% true, and this is why my wife kills the wasps for me from our whole life. I will, I'll do every spider. If there were scorpions and snakes and cannibals and, and monsters, I'll take care of them all. I tried um, to make that deal. It did not work. I can't do I can't do wasps. <laughs> she has to do them. And um, but when we were living in Nashville, I had this little blue house, and some of you have been to it. And <laughs> this is a true story. And there was the outside of the back door um, on the back porch patio thing. It was covered. Right outside the back door, there was a wasp nest that had been built, and there were wasps in it, and this was in the evening. And it was in the evening, and the evening's important detail in the story because I had been consuming bourbon. And so I looked up, and I saw the wasps, and I thought, I have to get rid of the wasps. What is my option? And, and my brain went to fill a cup of water, open the door, Throw the cup of water at the burb at the at the at the wasps' nests so that they'll disperse and leave and be wet and and turns out wasps actually like water it's fine for them it didn't hurt them at all but they came for me they came for me quickly um, and I slammed the door and I thought we were okay and and I'm but I thought one might have gotten in I thought I saw one get in so I'm walking around my my you know little house and I've got sandals in my hand because they're the best weapon I had against the wasp at that time and Kristen who we were just dating at the time was like look up because you know they'll be near the ceiling because they're they like the heat and heat rises and I was like we couldn't find one so I settled down I I, I there was probably 15 minutes walking around the place trying to find the wasp couldn't find one I finally settled down I sat on my couch and Kristen looked at me and looked down at my shorts, and she went, oh, no. And just as I looked down, the wasp had Mission Impossible, like uh, Millennium Falcon on the asteroid, had just been sitting there attached to me, waiting, waiting for me to let my guard down. And the second I made eye contact with him, he stung me. I, I then was in a position where he was near my crotch region, and so I had to decide. Right? Do I hurt myself and yes. kill the wasp, or do I let the wasp live? And I just went to town. I just <laughs> hurt myself as much as I needed to, and then something to confirm the kill. I killed the wasp, but he got me first. The next day, I had to go to the doctor's office on campus <laughs> to get a steroid pill that I had to take for a week because the welt had swollen up so much. Um, this wasp tried to kill me. It was a stealthy, <laughs> stealthy wasp. And since that moment, um, Kristen knows she kills the wasps. It's they're they're terrifying, malicious creatures. I wish every one of them were eradicated from the universe. I would rather have two mosquitoes in the world for every one wasp, and I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. I will. I I don't want to just keep talking about how terrified we are of wasps. I have like thirty five more can, stories yeah, that are somewhat the hilarious. Whole the whole podcast that, yeah. would be. Yeah. I will say though that like bees were often lumped in with this when I was uh, first trying to figure and parse this out. Um, but I'm I'm putting together uh, what I hope to be a pretty awesome native pollinator garden. And uh, bees will be there very often. And my whole family's like, you know, bees go to that. You know, bees go to that. You know, bees go to that. And the whole thing, I'm like, we're good. Bees and I are good now. I, we we figured bees. it out. Save we figured out that they, they're important and they're probably not ever going to sting me. And if they do, it, it's not wasp-like. It is very self-defense and once and they, they will suffer more than I will. And I am I good with that. I still keep my distance. It's a respect thing with the bees. Yeah. It is like, a fear thing and, with the and wasps. walk away. Yeah. 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 So can I ask for all three of you when the uh, – the the whole what was it the killer hornets that murder were, hornets murder hornets murder hornets murder that was hornets. scarier than COVID yep <laughs> okay 
<laughs> he's had COVID. That was hyperbole. But yes, it, it was. It was. I was terrified. So I was here's like, what I'll say. I, I keep badminton rackets all over my house because they're good weapons against bees and wasps. Um, and again, I think we should save the bees. Let's not go hurt bees. But they're good weapons when you're in a pinch. Um, and, and you're in the fight or flight moment and you have to fight. Badminton rackets are good because they travel quickly through the air. Um, I would be more confident going up against a murder hornet with a badminton racket than a wasp. Wasps just seem faster. They just seem scarier. I know they're more conniving. They're the scariest I, thing on I'm planet. mortified to go after a wasp with a racket because it makes me get too close. And what if it goes through? Like what if the wasp yep. goes through the, the hole and then I'm screwed? And yeah. I, no, I refuse want, to take you, that risk, so I run. Badminton rackets are better for that than tennis rackets, but I hear what you're saying. It's 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 completely rational stance on this. So my my biggest thing is like with the murder hornets and with every new thing, like I can tell you so much about the different wasps of Kentucky and and which ones are the worst and which ones are good and which ones are are truly the ones to fear. It's the paper wasp. It's the one you see everywhere. And yep. like I can literally, I've learned so much about them. And you know, sometimes they're like knowledge is power and it helps you overcome fear. And like if you just nope. know about Tom Riddle, you're not as scared as of Voldemort. Um, nope. 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 More nope. fear than ever. I know too yep. much. They're mm-hmm. the worst. I'm more terrified than ever. And I don't. They're coming I, after I'm you because you know they too will. much. Yep. They, they are murdering they know you know. because you know too much. Yes. They're like, he knows. He knows. He, we have to go after that guy. Can't do it. Oh, it's, it's, it's 100% fact. It's not a Jacob Pretty Fun fact. It's a fact fact that when you kill a wasp, the next day, you're going to see three more of them that are coming for you. They are vengeful, vindictive little things. They're the mafia. They, Is it? They isn't terrify what, me too. Isn't that what the murder hornets actually do, though? Like they scientifically release some like pheromone. There's actually or something a that, lot of wasps uh, do that, and yeah. uh, I'm not good with it. Not good with it. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'm going to shift this because we talked Thank a lot you. about wasps. Because I, <laughs> I actually do I have, I do have like an, an irrational, but for me it's totally rational. It's less of a fear, and it's more of like worst case scenario for me. You know, when I think of what a personal hell would be, it's spending time forced to be around styrofoam. Um, Styrofoam makes my skin crawl. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. I I get this like, um, like release of adrenaline from fear when I have to um, get a to go uh, thing at a restaurant and they give me the styrofoam thing. It's the sound of it. It makes my skin crawl. I hate it. Having to touch it. When you buy something expensive and it comes in that really thick styrofoam that you have to pull out and it does the squeak noise, like I can't do it. I Like when 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 I buy a TV. What are your thoughts on styrofoam peanuts? Uh, oh, I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> when, when, they, when they have the new like uh, spongy plasticky ones, so much better. When I bought my TV, I asked the guy at Best Buy if the TV was packaged in, in that like um, spongy, you know, hard stuff, or if it was styrofoam and like, it was a factor for me as to whether or not I was going to purchase that television was whether I was going to have to take it out of styrofoam. I spend extra money every week to buy the large white eggs that are organic and not the cheaper ones from Kroger because they come in the cardboard, cardboard. thing still and not in the styrofoam case. I hate it. I, am I all hate for, it. Kevin is like using sound environmental practices in his purchasing habits solely <laughs> because he hates styrofoam. Like it's oh, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's just the means it's, it's, to justify the ends. <laughs> you know, when people talk about, you know, if they go to hell, what is it actually going to be like? For me, I'm confident that it's going to be filled with 
like watching really bad reality television and styrofoam. Like those are the two things that, that are really the things I hate and fear the most. I will do anything to never come in contact with styrofoam. See, I have a, I have a sort of similar fear. It's not, it's not similar. Before you, before you jump onto a, a similarity thing, I have, I just have another question to follow up here with Kevin. I, hang on, I just shifted from black label Jameson to fistful of bourbon, and um, I regret that. I regret that. I did not regret label. switching to Buffalo Trace. I don't understand why you guys did the things you did. But okay, Kevin, okay. I need to. I need to. I need a little bit more clarity on this styrofoam thing. I don't want to just say why, but that's all I can come up with here. Like, what? How did this start? What is the? What is it about styrofoam that makes you so uncomfortable? I mean, like, I'm sure there's sounds that you have that you that you is can't. It, is, yeah, that's what I mean. Is it a sound it's thing? Not, it's, it, it's what sound, is it? It's texture. It's the it's the feeling on my hands. It's the um, you know when people talk about nails on a chalkboard and yes. like or screeching I, yes. like when you when your fork screeches the plate too hard and it makes everybody go eh, like none of that bothers me, but the sound of styrofoam moving interacting with something the squish i i hate it i loathe it if if we could get rid of that i would be so happy um bring on the plastic bring on the metal bring on whatever let's nope i'm there (laughs) let's let's once again let's use your aversion to styrofoam to make sound (laughs) environmental choices let's figure out the alternative i don't think it's plastic flynn what was your what was your uh so when kevin was when kevin was uh talking about his his own personal hell and and what he strives not to be um i had this super irrational fear growing up that I that I I definitely wanted to project my life away from, um, and I'm not sure how many people can relate to this, if any. Um, but like I, I had this like recurring nightmare that I would end up just on a front porch of a house in the middle of nowhere, in overalls, playing the banjo. <laughs> Sounds like a Maysville dream. What? <laughs> Yeah, I, I had this recurring dream that I was like, that's where my life is going to end up. And I had this like fear of banjos because I was like, I don't want my life to be that. I, 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 I camp and pretty. I need a, I need a instant. I think that sounds pact. amazing. Yeah, I need an instant pack. We need to make sure that before we die, we get Flynn in the situation where he ends up on a front porch and overalls and a banjo. Here's, it has to here's be the thing. Goal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Flynn, er, Pretty and I Pretty and I both have bachelor parties to come, and that's just what I want for my bachelor party meal. Whenever Big it eventually uh, <laughs> yes. could happen in the next zero Sitting to around one thousand years. On it. We're all oh, he has man. got to, he's got a to uniform. lose our fantasy football It is only league. overalls. He's and got to lose our fantasy house football league. Encourage the cowardly dog. Middle of nowhere on a flat farm just just sitting there and that's all you have in life is to sit there and play the banjo and overalls I, like that I that was a, think, a fear of mine if that's all you have to i'm i'm kind of in for that i would know how to play the banjo in this no i want to strive that's i was like cool. i need to strive for more i need to get out of that hill and, and i've never seen the deliverance movie so like i don't have any any fear of banjos because of that i just i don't know i just grew up afraid of banjos for some this reason. will happen this will happen. God, I don't like that. Don't We've like got that. to make sure we band against Flynn in our fantasy football league so he loses. So this is something we can make him do. Yeah, here's the thing. We've banded against Flynn this whole time, and he literally just won. And I still win. 
I don't think no, it's been a totally That's what makes me band. and Hope Camp that, better like, at fantasy football than Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> different tiers. Totally different tiers. <laughs> totally different. I'm, I'm, I'm not bad. I, uh, before, it goes before Flynn I and Hope Camp, and then it goes Kevin, and then it's pretty. <laughs> that is insulting. So, yeah, that's that's what I, uh, like, I grew up striving to not do, th- do I that. Wanna, I want to give Pretty a chance to to admit one of his current fears, since all we know about him is his BS confession and that he is better than that. But I also would like to give glitter a special mention here um, because glitter is my styrofoam. It gets everywhere. It is, I'm not scared of glitter, but it is a strong aversion to everything glitter. And I hate having it around at all. Um, But pretty, I would like you to get a quick last word in here before we go into our squads. Just talk about something that you're scared of. Maybe. First off, the glitter, yes, that's true with Hove Camp. Uh, nothing's better than giving him a happy birthday, gli- like glittery happy birthday card that's just then filled with glitter on the inside. Totally have done that before. My sister no, does it I every do. year, and I throw the card away. And I mentioned that to Sarah, my sister, and I was like, yeah, just throw your cards in the garbage. I take the, the pictures of my nieces out because they're adorable, but I throw the card in the garbage. She's like, why? It's covered in the thing that I hate most. It's covered in <laughs> glitter. Um Actually, uh, this is this is one that still kind of uh, strikes me every now and then um, because it happened to me uh, once uh, when I'm playing golf uh, and if I'm not like riding in a golf cart, um, I have this fear of being struck by a golf ball. Um, I don't usually like it's not something that I'm like constantly looking, you know, up at the sky for, for flying golf balls. Uh, but if somebody yells for while, which is the the phrase you're supposed to yell when, uh, as courteous to warn other golfers, Oh, a golf ball, an errant shot is heading your direction. When I hear that yelled, I will like immediately just whip around looking for this because, uh, I have been playing golf before and have been struck in the forearm. Um, thrice now uh it once uh, once in my left once uh kind of uh not forearm but like upper bicep on my right and then i think the third time i can't quite remember i might just be blending them together but i think the third time uh was me walking up to the green and um somebody i was playing with just wasn't paying attention and just drilled it and like as i like go over the green just boom right into the gut um so that was great um, so errant golf balls are my uh, my fear. Yeah, you ever, know how people uh, aim at the cart um, in in at the driving range? They just see your head going oh, across the, the the golf course, and they just like I, I need to hit that. I when whenever there's like some type of like oh the the cart path goes near the uh, driving range, I immediately am just like focused so heavily on getting past that I can't stand it. Nope, no thanks. Uh, similar golf-related injuries, if you will. I have been run over by a golf cart uh, at a golf scramble. Um, so I don't want to. I don't know if that's. I don't know how that's related at all. But I just felt like it warranted mentioning. Was that the golf scramble you were using a hockey stick? No, that was yeah. that was a different one. And that was that wasn't me. I was using a baseball bat. That, you know, I don't have time to explain the shenanigans that happened <laughs> at, that, at our particular college golf scrambles. <laughs> Can we let's, let's pick fa- let's pick squads. let's pick new friends. I want I want new friends. <laughs> we need new friends after this. <laughs> so, Jacob, do you want to introduce our new ish segment? Yes. 
So, uh, so we've done a fictional battle royale before, uh, which is what this segment is. Fictional battle royale. But uh, this time around, though, instead of doing uh, like a pick 'em where we're trying to pick um, the most powerful or the whatever, um, you know, basically this is a way that Flynn can't bend the rules and pick WandaVision as a sitcom, which now that it has been totally done with, we know that it is not a sitcom. I digress. Point is, though, is we are picking uh, our set of best friends. So essentially, um, the best way to describe it is if you think of like the TV show Friends, uh, it's a group of several individuals who are living a uh, very unrealistic New York lifestyle um, and uh, just, you know, they they seem to enjoy each other's company. So we are going to go through and pick from uh, the compendium of movies, TVs, uh, video games, comic books, whatever, um, our set of best friends who we think that would be uh, best friends kind of hanging out together. And I can't remember what the order is. So whoever... Flynn's up first, then you, then me, then Huffcamp, which sucks because there's a clear 101 here and Flynn's going to take this person and it's going to drive me insane. But I I agree... um, I don't think I'm going to take your pick, and I think I know who you think I'm going to take, and he's going to get back to you, but if I don't take who I want to take, actually, Hope Camp, I think, will take this person. Okay, that just got real meta. There's a 101, and you're going to take it. I guarantee it. We'll see. Okay, so uh, Uh, a few few caveats. Are we just assembling what... Like I want to, I want to be able to win this. So we're <laughs> assembling uh, your best four. Like, like pretend you're not friends with us. And, I try. And I do that every want, day. John, and you John. want better <laughs> friends, and you're like, I every am day. going to take four better friends out of fictional history and become friends so, with so them. So when, when, like when we put this on our Twitter, when we put this on our Twitter, Facebook. The winner, like what they will be voting for is which four would you like to be in that squad of friends? Yes. Which friend group is the best? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Which that, which that, friend group would you most want to be part of? That makes me and, and Flynn's that up makes first. A, a huge difference. And the okay. I think the clear I was I was there actually thinking I had to go fourth. Yeah, I think there's one. Um, I think that they're just like Kevin thinks he's in the top tier with me and you in fantasy football. Not even close. He's really not. Uh, I think that there is a clear first pick, and it's Burton Guster from. Sick. Oh, that's so good. That yeah, interesting. That's not who I thought you'd pick. He is a fantastic friend, uh, best friend of Sean Spencer. He bankrolls everything. He pays for all of Sean's stuff, uh, and he is as goofy on, as they come. Yeah, come on, son. Uh, he he is as as good of a best friend that you could possibly ask for. Sticks with you thick and thin, and is amazing to hang out with. Hilarious as well. Psych is Psych is arguably my favorite show of all time. I say Seinfeld as well, but like Psych was the first show that I watched as it came out. Um, and loved as much as that, and I partially because I re had to rework this and decided not to rework it. I did not have Burton Guster on my list, and I'm embarrassed about it. Ooh, that's a big oversight. Because I because it was, was initially initially we were doing this as a like we thought we I thought I might fight with these characters, uh, um, and then yeah. once well, I didn't, I looked at my fight. list. I looked the at my catch. list, and I was no, just no, like. I, this is this is totally fine, and I didn't reevaluate under the new circumstances, and that mm-hmm. was the that was my downfall. I wouldn't have gotten him anyway, but excellent. So, just to clarify, since well, uh, for everyone not listening, 
Uh, again, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be different list from all of us because, uh, again, there's you're not looking for power or like any type of, you know, it's not a fight. You're trying to be friends with. Yeah. People. Yeah. And obviously we all have different personalities and different friends. So uh, I'm going to pick next. And uh, my my first round pick overall uh, is uh, from one of my favorite shows, uh, Nick Miller. I'm going with Nick Miller. Uh, it seems like a goofball, uh, hold sure. On, hold but on, hold always... on, hold on, hold up. Who's the... He's the main character. He's, yeah. No, he's not. No, not. Jess Just Day is the main, is the main character. Who he bangs, and that's but not That's not okay. That was that's a stipulation that they couldn't character. end up we in did a, say, couldn't a, be a romantic, romantic relationship. relationship person to the main character. We said that. And him and, Schmidt, him and Schmidt are equals. They make that abundantly clear in one of the yep. episodes where they chant equals all the time. Nick Miller is <laughs> an unacceptable pick. I agree. Yep. Who's next, Brady? Oh, now we're going to end What's next on your list? I mean, I have a... Nick Miller is a good friend, but not, he, not part I of this draft. I would love him in my squad. I appreciate you for trying. You violated right. every rule we had previously established to do with that. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going entirely, <laughs> entirely different. Which was fine. Uh, I'm we going, established that was fine. Uh, Dr. John Watson. All right. Great that's pick. on my list. That's a good one. That's Great a good one. Pick. Great one. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Great pick. Okay. Okay, it's to me. This is interesting. Your 101 writing, is still there, right? It is. It is still yeah, there. I'm writing down. So here's here's what's scary, is I know I know who Flynn's next pick is, and I want this person badly, but I know Flynn's going to take him. I know it so much. I'm writing it down so that I can prove to you in a second that I was right. Um, it's five letters long, and it's just true. Uh, that's who he's going to take, and I want this person, so I kind of want to take this person. But the true 101 is still there, and I want her. Hermione Granger is in my squad. Oh my god! Right now. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. She's the way better friend than Ron. That's a that's a good one. That's a good one. That is yeah. that is a good one because it's it's exactly what I was hoping. But I'm I'm intrigued because you had previously argued that Ron was the sidekick. Are you now saying that mm-hmm. Hermione is the best friend and sidekick? No, I no. You the, the premise I, of episode I, one just saying, was just the premise of episode one was is Ron a replaceable character and is he a bad friend? Um, and I argued that Ron is a good friend. But I we did say that this is a triad, right? They are both sidekicks to Harry. It's just true. She qualifies, non-romantic. She's the best pick that's been made so far. And I can't I can't believe okay. that she got to me. I'm so happy she's on my team. Uh, and my friends. My I had I had three. She was one of the three. Um, and I'm gonna go. I mean, I'm going to, I know exactly, I don't don't want Kevin to have the satisfaction of showing this and presenting it to Flynn. Lieutenant Junior Grade Nick Bradshaw is absolutely my first pick. Goose from Top (laughs) Gun is, I thought he was going to be the 101, I thought he was going to be the 102, then Pretty had a chance to take the 103, didn't choose him again. Kevin made an interesting (laughs) pick with Hermione, hard to argue any of that. Um, but Goose is number, I mean, the wingman stat, everything yeah. about Goose, he's perfect. He is the exact yep. person you want yeah. in your friend group at all times. Yep. He's fun. He's loyal. He's the best. I it knew he wouldn't get back to me, Goose. but I hate it. It's so good. It's such a good pick. Yeah. And he, yeah, he was very high on, on my list. And, and I know that you thought I was going to take him because I named my dog Goose. Um, I cannot believe that I drafted him. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, if, okay, so my next pick um, is someone that uh, I 
always would want on my side. I am, uh, he is extremely loyal. Uh, he is, um, a capable fighter if we are to get into that as well. Um, it is someone that, uh, is probably, it might be the most loyal of, of all the people that I've actually put on here. It's Chewbacca. Yeah. Uh, Chewbacca is, is man. a very good friend. He's a, he's like one of the perfect friends, uh, that one could have. He's a perfect companion to go through life with. So yeah, I'd pick Chewbacca. He was next on my list. My list went Hermione Goose Chewbacca. That's great, great pick. Yeah, yeah. Pretty um, you're up. Did, did you yep, think of that? Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, Chewbacca was on my Again, my list could go in so many different directions, uh, but here's who it's got to be next. It's got to be none other than the uh, Shake and Bake, the Magic Man, Cal Naughton Jr. Cal Naughton Jr. He stole his wife. Yeah, there's, there's some questionable things that happen in that. Yeah. Cal Naughton Jr. He's a terrible friend. <laughs> No, no, nah, man. Cal Naughton Jr. He, uh, he's, he literally, you know, he, he has the best descriptions of, of what he likes to picture Jesus as, you know, he's, in a, he's funny. He's at but a Leonard then, Skinner but, concert <laughs> singing leads. Will I will say, I will say if this is spouse. going to be a better comedy show than Friends, which is obviously attainable, <laughs> Cal Naughton Jr. will make it automatic that it's, yeah. it's better. Yes. Yeah, so. Oh, man. Great. Okay. Great pick. I Whatever. love it. I, I, I don't think he's a great friend, but I think he's funny. No. <laughs> he's a great character. Um, I'm going to pick the best, the best, best friend in the history of television. Sean Hunter. Sean Hunter is joining my squad. Uh, Hermione and Sean. Uh, I now have two people that I just, I think, are two of the best humans uh, ever. Um, they're great. Sean Hunter is a perfect friend to Corey. Um, he's pretty much infallible. Um, I watched every episode of Boy Meets World many times. I've watched every episode of Girl Meets World, even though it was not great. Um, (laughs) and, and I was happy about it. Um, and if it was still on, I'd still be watching it every single week. Uh, and Sean is probably the most complex character on the show. And, um, for sure he is. Everyone else is pretty cut and dry on that show. Well. Yeah, well, main character, yeah. So, but he's, um, you know, he's going to be a great friend. I'm so happy to be able to draft him, select him, okay. choose him. I think I think this is where I want to just, I want to just go for everything. I feel like, I feel like my group of friends, I've got a true best friend in Goose and everybody else is just about filling it out with fun and usefulness and, and excitement. And I'm going to draft or take uh, onto my group of friends, Baymax. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's uh, so good. It is. He's awesome. That's a fantastic he's stellar. Pick, yeah. He's stellar. <laughs> and uh, like the shenanigans that we'll get into will probably involve getting a little cut and scrape here and there. We'll get fixed. Like we have a, just a ready-made ambulance with us at all times who's hilariously effective at everything he does. Baymax. That's fantastic. <clears throat> um, okay, so I'm up again, uh, and I can't believe I'm going to get my top three picks in a row. Um, I can. talk about Talk about uh, one of the best friends, best, best friends in, in hold cinematic on, hold on. history. What? You, mm-hmm. You're going to get all of the three people that you wanted first. That means two of your picks, two of the people you wanted most were not Hermione and were not Goose. Uh, those were next two on my list, yes. Okay. 
So, um, talking about a best friend that I want to hang out with, um, guy that loves to drink beer. He loves, he can, he's competent in a fight. He knows the law. Uh, he is a loyal partner, uh, and he is extremely fun. He loves to eat sandwiches. It's Marshall Erickson. Marshall's a great friend. Yep. That's, yeah. And, and he will tell you when you are being a twat. He, he and, will do and that. He will, he, he will set you straight, and that's what you want in a friend. Not good enough. I love it. That's, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, contrary to Flynn, uh, I'm not surprised that I'm getting all my picks because obviously there's there's so many options with the best friend this. Uh, but my third choice uh, has to be um, <laughs> codename Dragon. Where it rocks a Yoda T-shirt all the time. I'm going Dale Doback. How many John C. Riley characters are on your list? <laughs> all of them. It's just it's all John You're just C. Friends with him. <laughs> he played John Watson. He played Cal Naughton Jr. He's Dale Doback. I cannot. It's I cannot remember the last name, but in for love of the game, he is the bad remake of Kevin Gus Sinsky. Sinsky. That's my point. <laughs> Is it, I hope to God it is. I'm in for it if it is. <laughs> it's just John C. Riley. I don't think photo collage you, is going to be hilarious. I don't think you can draft the the angry cop from Gangs of New York, but I think I think that'd be great to try to do. Is an honorable mention at the end. Um, just interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. Jeez. So I have already. Um, the number one pick that should have gone number one, Hermione. I have the best, best friend in television history. I'm now going to select the best, best friend in cinematic history in Sam Wise Gamgee. Sam Wise Gamgee yeah. is, is next on my list, and I'm thrilled to have him. He will do anything for me. Like Flynn's last character, he likes to drink beer. Um, he is, uh, you know, strong, and he's fantastic. He's just a good person, and he'll make me feel tall, um, which is very rare uh, for me. Um, so, you know, I've got Hermione, I've got Sean Hunter, and I've got Samwise Gamgee, and I'm thrilled. There are three people that I know, there are three best friends that I know that I could get, and I don't know which one I'm going to have to leave off, and it's going to kill me, because I think what I'm going for now is just a best friend with awesomeness around it. But I think what I don't have, per se, is man's best friend. And that's why I need Ghost. Interesting. Going with the dire wolf. Because who's more adorable than Ghost? Scooby-Doo. What's more exciting than having like a six foot, eight foot tall dire wolf as one of your best friends? He's very intuitive. You know, I just, it's Ghost. I'm in, I'm in. This is gonna be so much fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, didn't not see that, that one coming. Yeah, I, I was gonna yeah. say that's not the that's not the dog. I was uh, like the uh, there are, canine character. I, I will take go with. A, Ghost. Will is better than every canine character. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. So Pluto, to round goofy. up uh, my my picks, I, I want to take someone that is. Um, I like dry humor. I, I think it's uh, uh, refreshing. I, I want someone that will keep me um, grounded, and that's going to be Stevie uh, from Schitt's Creek. I'm not sure okay. what her last name is, though. <laughs> no known last um, name. She is hilarious. It's, 
Bud. Yeah, Steve yeah. Bud. Steve That's why it's the okay. Rose Bud Hotel. That's right. Yep. So Stevie Bud uh, from Shit's Creek. She's awesome. That whole yeah, show is awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's a great pick. Uh, yeah, very solid. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, my my uh, ploy has been spoiled already. Uh, since you all know that I have <laughs> just <laughs> two straight John C. Riley characters. No, three, three straight John C. Riley. He plays John Watson in Holmes and Watson. That's right. I totally forgot about that. One. I was thinking Sherlock instead of oh. the the movies. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, I'm actually gonna go with uh, not Gus Sinski from uh, for Love the Game, but instead I'm gonna go with uh, uh, the uh, oh god, well this is now not does, cool. Does he sidekick Will name. Ferrell in any other movies? Because you've got him in three straight Will Ferrell sidekick roles. No, uh, technically, if you all would allow it, I would a hundred percent take John C. Riley playing Bing Crosby in the. Uh, the spoof on Bing Crosby and David Bowie singing Little Drummer Boy Peace on Earth. Fine. It's, uh, I'm unfamiliar. Great. <laughs> uh, look it up. Well, you got to watch the original first. It's like them singing this song and then Will Ferrell and John C. Riley spoof it and John C. Riley plays Bing Crosby. It's hilarious. If you want to do uh, that, fine. Yep. That's what I'm doing. So I got John C. Riley as Bing Crosby. <laughs> I love Bing Crosby. I, I, can, I can mess around with some Bing Crosby. He's amazing. Okay. So I, I've just got John C. Riley for days. <laughs> Interesting. I okay. res- this is by far the most respected I've ever felt one of about one of your teams. About one of the four selections you've had. I feel like you had a theme. Me? You stuck to it. Yes, you. Oh, thank you. And and <laughs> in many ways it was effective. <laughs> you know, it's John C. Riley. He's Wreck It Ralph. You can't go wrong with the guy. He's Dewey Cox. <laughs> yeah. Kevin. Anyways, Kevin. So, okay. So I started to think about, I, I view, um, uh, what is his name now? Um, oh man, I'm blanking on the Big Bang Theory. So Sheldon Leonard, Cooper. Sheldon and Leonard. Leonard, Leonard. Hofstadter. No, Leonard Cooper. and Sheldon are both main characters. You could take Raj or. Hang on, I'm not. I'm not selecting him. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm prefacing my comments. So I start. I view Leonard Hofstadter as the main character of Big Bang Theory, because the show sort of revolves around his romantic relationships and those pieces. And I think, I think that Sheldon sort of could be the sidekick. But as I reflected on it, I don't believe that that's probably the case. I think they're both main characters in their own way. Um, so I started to think about who's Sheldon, but so much better than Sheldon that could join my squad, and the answer is Spock. So my mm. my fourth and final is Spock. Uh, he's incredibly intelligent. He is an incredibly loyal friend. He is um, really funny uh, when he wants to be, um, and obviously really logical. So I think I think that's the right way to round out my squad. Of loyal and fantastic friends, I'm going with Spock. All right, Spock um, is good. I'm gonna oh, yeah. say this is who I thought would be the most, like, just garner the most, like, that's hilarious, and I never thought of it. But I don't think I want to go with it because I have another idea in mind. But I thought it would be hilarious to get Simon Peter on my team. Um, 
The apostle. The apostle. The, AKA the first pope. Jesus' sidekick. Wow. But I don't we think... We said fictional. Did we say fictional? Yes. Yeah, we did. Oh, man. It's I did not... fictional squad. Uh, in hindsight, that might have been a problem then. Uh, I understand why that would be rejected. <laughs> but Amazing. I just... I thought of it and I had... There was... I wrote it down and I was like, I don't... I don't know how I would feel about having the Pope on my squad, but like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll um, I'll take Heimdall. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Hold on, Love Heimdall, it. the purported best friend of Thor, who yeah. like barely they're whatever. I'm sorry, who, who's who's Thor's in, best friend. In literally, Thor says to Rocket Raccoon. When R- Rocket Raccoon asks, hey, got any, like, best friends? Well, I had a best friend. Describes Heimdall, describes Heimdall's death. Stabbed through killed. the heart. Yeah. Stabbed, Stabbed through, through the heart yes. by Thanos. Yes. So, so, that implies best friend of Thor. Sidekick. That's that's great. All right, right, so let's go in reverse amazing. order. Let's, so let's go in reverse fun. order. Share your squad. Oh, you're up first. All right, I got Goose, a.k.a. Well, Goose is the a.k.a. It's Lieutenant Junior Grade Nick Bradshaw. <laughs> AKA Goose from Top Gun, um, not Flynn's dog. Uh, definitely don't want Flynn's dog on my team. So Goose, yeah, Baymax kind of from Pig Hero 6, Ghost, the dire wolf from Game of Thrones, and Heimdall, uh, the protector of, I guess, protector. I don't know exactly what his full title would be, but of Asgard. Summoner of the Bifrost. Mm. Yes, Summoner of the mm-hmm. Bifrost. Okay. Um, my team that's far superior is made up of Hermione Granger, Samwise Gamgee, Sean Hunter, and Mr. Spock. And I'm thrilled, thrilled with it. Jacob, would you like to read off your squad? Yeah, of course. My team is uh, comprised of John Watson, played by John C. Riley, <laughs> uh, Dale Doback, played by John C. Riley, Cal Naughton Jr., played by John C. Riley, and Bing Crosby, played by John C. Riley. I do, I do have a question, pretty. Have you seen? John C. Riley's portrayal of Jan- John Watson. Yes, I have. Okay, and and I have actually, not, I have not, so I didn't. I didn't no, no, know no. That anybody had. Don't don't you don't need to see the movie aside from the fact like he's hilarious in it. I think Will Ferrell actually is not great in the movie, and John C. Riley is like what makes the movie funny. But yeah, no, I have seen I have seen him in all four of those. Things. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Flynn, what's your squad? I have uh, Burton Guster from Psych, Marshall Erickson from How I Met Your Mother, Chewbacca from the Star Wars sagas, and Stevie Bud from Schitt's Creek. A good squad, but I think I think these squads say a lot about us, and I'm curious what our many many listeners. <laughs> I'm just saying, will. I no think one, that it no says that has... you're a John C. Riley fan. <laughs> I am I'm a John C. Riley fan. There are there are very loyal friends amongst all of them, but no one has an adorable canine companion and i'm excited to separate sorry a dire wolf that. isn't adorable it's fearful uh, it is it adorable. is whatever it needs to be whenever uh, he was an adorable it. pup i believe i believe the like issue one of the biggest issues was like they needed more of the good boy like boi i don't really know but like everybody wanted like this is who's the good boy and it was ghost okay. i um <laughs> The, the, the next name on my list that I would propose as an honorable mention uh, was Luigi. Uh, I think uh, Luigi I would be Luigi a great down. addition. Um, here's, here's who I have only know through reputation. And it's like I'm so tangentially 
acquainted with this show, but I've never really watched it. But Willow Rosenberg from Buffy um, yes. would be an amazing pick based on what I know about the character in the show without having direct knowledge of the source material. I had written down um, Martha Jones from Doctor Who, and I know that I'm maybe alone here with watching Doctor Who, but I'm, I'm like two and a half seasons in, and I, I did not like Rose, uh, the first uh, partner to the Doctor, and uh, Martha Jones has only been there for a season, or uh, about a half a season that I've been watching, and she is so much better than Rose, so that's who I was going to pick as like a everyone took all of my picks so I'm gonna take this one person I know everyone else didn't but That's you all fair. didn't take my picks my pick like my pick like that was Gabrielle from Xeno Warrior Princess um, Gabrielle is <laughs> a phenomenal a character um, and also was one of my first childhood crushes um, oh, yes. she's she's a great does, great, does Hayden great. know about See? that Hayden Pentier was not a childhood crush that was a college <laughs> crush uh <laughs> That was very I, different. I mean, there's there's all kinds of ways it could have gone, but uh, but anyways, we could draft uh, teams of crushes later, right? Oh, childhood crushes! I've got, I've got. So it. let's go into the segment called "Our Spouses Are Right." Perfect um, segue. Perfect segue. Yes. Childhood crush. Our spouses are right. Yeah, our, our partners, our spouses, our significant others. Uh, they tell us all the time that they are right. So let's prove them right. Uh, who wants to start us off? I'll, uh, let me let me take this away a little bit. I feel like uh, my significant other was pushing for this. And um, we're all at various stages of having significant others as well. Um, Flynn, how long have you been married? Married? Uh, almost four years. Almost four together, years. Together almost 11. Together 11. Pretty has been together the longest with his significant other, but is only engaged um, I believe so. You're at like 18 years, but just got engaged a few months ago. 13, but yeah. And um, Kevin uh, has been married for four or five five, five years as well. Five years longer I think. than me, yeah, yeah. Longer than Flynn, but I don't think has known Kristen uh, quite as long. Kevin, you want to give us the facts on that? I'm gonna need you to repeat the question. <laughs> Kevin walked away. Uh, how for long have you else? and Kristen known each other slash been married? <laughs> We've been dating since 2012. We've been married f- since 2015 in July. So it's it's going to be six years in July. Nice. So, um, and I've I've just have dated my significant other for one year, but she has constantly said this would be an amazing segment and pointed out all the times that she was right. Most recently, uh, she hand, she was like, "I got a gift for you. It's less than an ounce." Hands me a sticker and just. As a joke, I said, this weighs an ounce and a half, and she got out a food scale, weighed it. It didn't measure on the scale. Uh, she said, that's less than an ounce. Put that on the podcast. So now I can officially say I put that on the podcast. <laughs> um, Jeez. But, but the, <laughs> so I, I think this is uh, – it's, it's little things. It's constantly like, you know, you're right. Um, sometimes it's, it's comical. Sometimes it's, it's just something little. Um, but I, I will open it up from there, um, to anybody that would like to go pretty. I'll, yeah, I'll take it next. Um, so, uh, this is, a uh, something that Kat has been, uh, talking to me about for quite some time. Um, but, uh, I was always kind of like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but anyways, for my birthday, which was, uh, last week, um, not last week when you all listened to this in three months. I sent you like whatever. seven text messages on your birthday. You responded to none of them. Yeah, that's what I do. I never respond to any messages. You all, all know this. 
It is known. Anyways, yeah, it, it is known. It is fact. Um, no, but on my birthday, she was like, oh, I want to I take you somewhere. And I was like, okay, cool. We're in a pandemic still, but sure, whatever you want to do, let's go for it. Um, and uh, we went over to, you know, little uh, little um, uh, nail place uh, just around the corner, and we got pedicures. And hot dang, she is 100% right. Uh, I mean, this wasn't my first pedicure. Like I had one before is like a dare from somebody or I don't know. It was like, a no, it, was, it wasn't a dare. It was a bet. Uh, that was a number of years ago. And I was just kind of whatever, not really actually enjoying it, just kind of being there. But this time, like actually going and experiencing a pedicure, dang, it was like the best experience. You know, you sit in the chair, the big chair, you got like the massager roller. So it was like working out like a knot that was in my back. And, you know, then I leave the place with like incredibly soft feet, uh, much softer than my feet have like ever been in my life. And I just, you know, like clean. It was great. It was amazing. And I highly recommend everybody go and get a pedicure, uh, at least once a year. It was awesome. I do want to say that you should not be a pedicure salesman. Oh, that's fair. I'm not being a salesman on pedicure. You did I'm not just, sell that for me. No. I'm, have either of you two had a pedicure? A cool no. I have not. I haven't See? either. Oh, dang it. It, it is. Kevin, I'm I thought not you sold were on it either. I think I, think I um, mentioned I have no doubt that everything that Pretty felt at that pedicure was 100% real, and I would feel the same things. It is just not something I'm ever going to pay money to do. So yeah, like, not, if somebody wants money. to give me a pedicure... Or, or say, hey, here's this coupon to a salon for a pedicure. I'm in. I think it's going to be an awesome feeling. I'll never care that much. I'll never How care that much. How much does a pedicure cost? I, I don't know because this was a birthday present. Uh, but I think uh, I think it was somewhere between $25 and $35. I'd rather buy a lottery ticket. Definitely. Or a bottle of bourbon. Of that isn't Definitely, yeah. yeah. Something better than better than Jeffers of okay. Creek. Kevin, I feel like you guys both should have gotten pedicures instead of the bottles of bourbon you're drinking. The Maybe. tasteless, smellless wonder and the New York fist. Like <laughs> this is some title great of the episode. <laughs> the tasteless, smellless wonder and the New York fist. There it is. I'd, I'd read that comic. Episode nine. <laughs> That sounds great. like a Sean and um, Gus mess around. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but anyways, uh, pedicures, definitely an advocate. If any of you all want to go get a pedicure, I will go with you. Uh, I won't do manicures. I can't, being a pianist, I can't stand people touching my hands. That's weird. But uh, let's go get pedicures. All four of us. Let's go. Uh, no. Um, but... But okay, For um, our, if you uh, if we get enough fifteen dollars Patreon subscribers, we will uh, we'll go get pedicures. That's what they'll pay for. Sure, sure, just, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because we have a Patreon and everything. Uh, yeah, we, we might we might buy July one this episode. I don't know. This is our derby. Um, this is our derby patty podcast. Yeah, yeah, derby, yeah derby derby yeah. patties podcast. Yeah. Um, so. I struggled with this one. I think I told you guys that I I asked my wife very pointedly you know we've been dating and or married you know about nine years have you been right in that time and I didn't love the response that I got apparently that was an insensitive way to ask that question um, yeah I was a little bit offended by that by you <laughs> um, so what I've come down to is the answer is yes um 
And it's a very specific yes that comes to mind every time I think about it now. And it's it's, it's going to sound odd, but the answer is when to go to the hospital. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you, for, you, for you or her? For, for me. Okay. Because um, you've had to take her prob- to the hospital too. Yeah, a couple times. It's probably a story for another day, but it, at some point in my college career – I was misdiagnosed with West Nile virus. Um, What had been happening is I grew up in a household where we took Tylenol uh, exclusively. I thought it was this. And then I and then I went to college and I had a headache one day and I took ibuprofen uh, because it's what we had in in the dorm and I didn't realize it was different. Um, And I so then I kept taking it because the headache didn't go away and so I basically learned later in life that I was allergic to ibuprofen and and for about a five-week period I was steadily just poisoning myself every four hours with four ibuprofens for for like several weeks and it caused welts and hives and getting sick and losing muscle mass and weakness and all this like it's like don't take more than two and you're like four well, you, you all know you all know who it's my roommate was. I know exactly. I know exactly why too. It's you know who my roommate Jamal was. Just like, dude, yeah, that's, and, that's a and joke. He was just like, take four. My, my dad's a doctor, and he said you could take four. I was like, great. So I would take four. Um, four poison pills. Four poison pills constantly. Um, so at, at some point, my mother had to come to the college I was at. Drove me an hour and a half back to Louisville, Kentucky. Took me to Norton Hospital, and they sat me down, and they were like have you been to Africa? And I was like, no. And they said, the only other thing we think this could be is West Nile virus. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And so I took these horse pill looking things and, you know, was misdiagnosed. It drove me crazy because it could have been as simple as, you know, an allergy test or something. And they never thought to do it. So I don't trust doctors. It drives, I am a, I am a doctor, but not a real one. And it drives me crazy. I, I just don't trust them. They're people who get paid to make educated guesses. Um, I watched way too much Dr. House where he basically almost kills a patient every single episode until the last five minutes when he miraculously saves them. Um, so I don't trust doctors. So I don't go, uh, two, two and a half years ago, it was the night before, Flynn and I were having our joint diaper party, oh, um, which is where everyone. <laughs> it was all the your draft guy friends, reveal. It was a yeah, big deal. You, it was a huge <laughs> deal. All our guy friends were throwing us a pool party. We we're both having uh, our our wives were both having babies around the same time, so they throw a joint party where they brought diapers, like seven hundred something diapers to this thing to give to us, and it was so nice. And I didn't go because the whole night before, for hours, I was up with this horrible stomach pain in my lower right abdomen, and my wife was like, go to the emergency room. And I was like, no, it's fine. I Googled it. Um, WebMD said it's probably a stomach ulcer. I should just take Tums. There's nothing they can do tonight. I don't want to pay the emergency fees. And doctors are criminals who just make educated guesses and get it wrong all the time, like West Nile. And she was like, no, go to the doctor. And I didn't. I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't get any sleep. The next morning I woke up. I went to work. I'm in the middle of a very important meeting, and I just get shooting pains. I turned white, and I finally was like, okay, this is too much. And I got in the car and drove myself to the hospital, and they were like, sir, you are seconds away from your appendix bursting. Like, (laughs) we have to take this out now. How long has this been like this? And I was like, since 8 o'clock last night. 
They're like, what is the matter with you? And I was like, I was like, you people in West Nile virus. Devin's like, um, you should know I'm allergic to ibuprofen. Yeah, so <laughs> that up. Uh, so, and then you guys know this, but like last week I was, you know, in a really difficult place. I had, I have, a, I have a baby who's in daycare and babies in daycare bring horrible stomach bugs home with them that affect parents way more than it affects the kid. And I was just, you know, in a difficult place for about 48 hours. Um, and then last week I was feeling so terrible. I had the worst heartburn of my life. And I was like, this is fine. I'm just taking Tums and it'll be okay. Like Tums are just not the solution to anything. That's the other thing I've learned this year is stop <laughs> stop taking Tums. If they're going to help, they don't help. <laughs> so I went to, I, you know, she was like, go to the hospital. I was like, no, I'll be fine. And so I just hang out for another, it was another four or five hours. And then it got so bad that it was like, well, now I have to drive myself to the hospital because it's the middle of the night and we don't want to wake the baby up. I get there and they're like, how long has this been this bad? And I'm like, it's, you know, because what turns out is I, I was, I got so violently ill that I tore my esophagus. Um, and they were like, how long has it been this bad? And I was like, I don't know, like a day and a half. And why did you wait this long to, you know, you're paying emergency room fees now when you could have gone to urgent care and gotten help for this, you know, and by the way, don't go to urgent care. Those people don't know anything, but, <laughs> but it, you know, I, I, doctor, but, I, had a I have, I have, I will not take advice from you on where to go when I don't feel well. I will you not. You should, story. You or should, when you should, to go. You should take advice from my wife because every time she has said, go to the hospital, talk, call a doctor. She's an only been right. But when I've, when I've, you know, gone against her, uh, advice, she, it's she always gotten life. much worse. It's always gotten much worse before it gets better. So. That's my story for when my wife has been right in the last nine years. It's when I need to go to the hospital. She, oh, she has saved your life. That, it that's is, great. I it's love that astounding one. to me that you're like, oh, yeah, my wife's been right about the times I've been dying. When I, just, <laughs> I just glossed over it. <laughs> but you bring like you that got, up, Kevin. That's something you guys should have been on the same page about. <laughs> like, I, I'm not even kidding. I, I think. But and I, scrolling through like photos you have sent me, one in every five photos is like you in the ER. <laughs> well, that's an exaggeration. I will, I will never exaggeration. Go to the but it's yeah, but you know it's it's ironic because she could be like, I have a headache and I get like irrationally angry. I'm like, have you not had any water today? Have you taken a Tylenol or something yet? Um, you could feel better if you would just try some medicine and feel better. And she's always like, no, I'll be fine. I'm like, no, take medicine. Like I'm so trying to like prescribe medicine to make her better. But when she's like, you should go to the hospital. I'm like, nah, I'm fine. It is shocking that you are giving your wife treatments that are like founded by doctors and you don't trust doctors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Flynn, you got anything for so this, Flynn, or do you need me to? Well, to yeah, bring my, it home? my wife actually had to drive me uh, to the hospital uh, during the How I Met Your Mother finale because I had uh, kidney stones. Somehow you it had was a better experience second than everyone most else. painful thing of the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was trying to think about like when my wife uh, was right, and she's a very smart individual. Um, it's just not very often. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Whoa. That right. seems harsh. Uh, no, she she is know, constantly talking. Person. She pays all the bills, and I and like I I am and woefully inadequate about that, like about life, about 
if if she were to leave me, I would have no clue how to start paying bills. Like, do they send them to you, your <laughs> phone or your house? I don't know where they send them. I, like, where where do bills come from? This She's, is so, so she, this is. Uh, go ahead, but I I'm. This isn't about her being right. This is about you being inadequate. This reminds like. me of how we don't know the mail. How we don't know how to use the mail. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, she's, she's, she's the person that does all the finances. And I'm just like, we're going to make some money and we're going to spend some money and it's going to be money. I, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's how I view things. So, so you know, she's, she's always, you know, worrying about like, uh, like how much we have the light bulbs on. And she's like, if we turn off the light bulbs, it saves like 17 cents. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. So that's, that's, that's a lot. She does save us a lot of money. Uh, she, she is very, very conscious about, you know, how much money we're spending. I have no clue what we spend on bills. So, you know, I'm going to trust her on that. Uh, she is constantly right about how much we spend on bills. Like if she tells me that we need to turn the, the, the temperature from 65 to 64, I'm like, whatever. I mean, that's fine. I, I, I don't mind that much. Based so, on, based you know, on the, uh, the times I've been over to your house, like in the summer when you guys had like questionable air conditioning or whatever, it sounds like you guys save a ton of money. On your yeah. energy bills. So okay, okay. So uh, sometimes she loves, it is scalding in the summer. in the winter. She likes to keep it at sixty four, um, which is a little chilly, uh, even for me. And I like to to live in the cool. Uh, in the summers, she likes to keep it seventy seven, which is not, yeah, okay. Not, okay. not okay. I say seventy four is is pushing it with the air like our our window unit in in our bedroom like if if it's 74 in the house with the window unit in the, in the bedroom I'm fine but I'd rather you probably have might as well just make it you probably might as well just make it 72 but, and not use but the window 77 unit. is her it's 77 to 64 like that's her two two like money saving uh, thresholds uh, and so while she may be right about saving money it's not you know Cool for my body. When California had the most like absurd heat wave of all time, and they were like, "We have to conserve energy, and otherwise the power grid will shut down from overuse and everything." They were like, "They said you have to set your thermostats after a certain time to seventy-eight degrees." So Lauren is just like choosing to do that in normal summer conditions. She thinks it feels <laughs> fine, um, and she's always like putting blankets on she to prove runs. that I'm right. Like, like I've to prove never, that she's you, right. I'm, she's imagine, like, I'm chilly. I'm like, no, it's 78 degrees in here. Like, what are you doing? I could yeah, not imagine runs. running any amount of distance in the summer. And then coming back and then to coming 70, into 77 degree degrees and being like, no. oh, this feels great. Agreed. I, I would but, live with my face in the freezer. I mean, I would just, I, I would be. <laughs> so she's right. Just, she's right. In in, that saves us money, but, but she's wrong about morals. I'd be in the basement all the time. <laughs> I did. Speaking though, of like working out and stuff, this I'll wrap it up with, with one of the most correct Allison has ever been. Um, Flynn made an allusion to it, uh, when he was pitching his app burn that, that I'm, I'm pretty active. I run a lot, not like marathon stuff, but I run multiple miles. Um, at a time, I, I work out, I go to the gym, I lift weights. I'm in, I'm in good shape. Allison does Pure Bar and has told oh, me dude. for forever that Pure Bar is very, it very sucks. difficult. I have it said sucks. to her, it's the worst. I 100% believe you. It is a very good workout. You are doing every bit as much work, if not more, than I am. I'm very 
very open and honest about that it's probably very difficult. But it, I've also always felt that like if she took me to a class, I would struggle but be fine. Like it would be one of those that are like, he clearly doesn't come here often, but he's making it through. You would not, and you would not survive. And she kept using her friend who, who goes to Pure Bar with her sometimes, her boyfriend, who is just not in as good a shape as I am. Great guy. Um, but but he like quit and was just like, we're done with this. And it was doing a video over COVID and in quarantine and like left. And it was just like, we're done. Um, and and <laughs> my girlfriend is now training to be a Pure Bar instructor and was like, hey, I need to practice on you before my interview tomorrow. And the interview is just like, Hey, here's the song, coach to the beat, this basic exercise. Like if you do yoga, it would be like, hey, coach someone through one sun salutation. So she's trying to coach me through the pure bar equivalent of one sun salutation. And I'm in pretty good shape. And it is the most pain I think I've ever been in just to do like, <laughs> like my, it's like touch heels, bend your knees and drop it down and go, go. Go, go, go. And I don't even, I have no idea what's happening. I can't keep up with the beat. I have no rhythm whatsoever. She's just like, this is, this is easy. This is, this is how we warm up. And so I've never, um, I've, I've never described more how much I work out than when I'm trying to explain to people that I am in good enough shape to somehow still struggle with pure bar. Like the story does not create the illusion that I'm in good shape because of how much I struggled with this. Like it was, it was something that I've never, that she, she's right. She just was right. It is not only a good workout. Like I knew it is something that I cannot do for everyone that can't see Jacob right now. He is, he is, apparently trying to demonstrate how to do bar. He just looks like a confused gorilla instead. It wasn't just, so, it wasn't that it was, there were other things. It's called involved. a plie hoe camp. It's I know what, I know what a plie is. And it was, it was like get into plie formation and then do pure bar. No, I, I, I hear you I on don't this. Understand when, I, it. when I was living in Nashville, um, like right now I am a shape. I'm not in shape. I am a shape. <laughs> when shape. I was living in Nashville, I was in the best shape of my life because I, I moved to a city where I didn't know anybody. So, like, all I did was diet and exercise, and I was I was feeling great. Um, while I was in the best shape of my life, I went to uh, the director of the rec center at Belmont where I was working, came to me and said that she wanted me to join for a step class and think, like, the videos where – you know, from the 80s where people are stepping on the step and off the step, and it was that kind of thing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that'll be fine. So I went, and I had the same reaction. I um, I was running, like, constantly. I was doing all kinds of cardio. I was doing great. And when I went to that step class, it was like people three times my age were doing things that I just could not keep up with. I mean, it was amazing. Their ability to be coordinated and follow the instructor, and it was just so hard. And I mm-hmm. was this idiot. that They were like, get some weights, and you know, if you really want to challenge yourself, put an extra base under the step to make the step higher. So I did that, and I grabbed like 20-pound weights, and everybody in the room had like four-pound weights or three-pound weights because of what they were doing with the weights. And I was like, I'm strong. I can do this. And I could not. <laughs> I could not do it. It was so hard. It was one of the hardest experiences I, of my life. So I tried I, to, I, yeah, I tried to liken it to yoga where it's like 
yes, I'm not as flexible as I should be or I could be or as everybody else in this class, but like no one watches me now do yoga and thinks like this guy's never done this before. Like I'm I'm, right. I'm adequate. Some of the the strength postures I'm I'm very good at. Um <laughs> I just I'm doing the most basic thing and I look like an idiot and yep. I'm doing it poorly and it hurts like nothing I've ever done before and I don't that know is, why. <laughs> that is a, a perfect way to bring us to our last piece. So looks like an idiot, um, hurts for no reason. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing it. So uh, with all those things said, Jacob, um, you know what we've talked about tonight are uh, things our significant other. Uh, or write about. We've talked about our our fictional best friends that we're that we're bringing in, and we've we've shared our fears. And so, um, you know, to close out tonight's episode, I know I know we've always done the you know Lucy and the ball with Charlie Brown thing, where we say we weren't to hear from you, and then we all sign off. But in this particular case, not we, falling for it. We want to give you okay. an opportunity um, to talk about. Um, when your significant other was wrong. Uh, give us the best example of when your significant other was wrong. I will, I, hear, I will hear nothing against his significant other. She is a saint. Slana Valia. Please share with us. Okay. I would so, I would like to so to point out everyone that that his significant other is most likely right next to him in the other room and can hear every word that he says. So go ahead. Yes. So <clears throat> this one time um, when uh, Kat and I were um, hopping uh, into a car, um, we were heading over to, oh, Flynn, see, everyone left. I would like to hear the story. Keep going. Well, what I was going to say was here's when she was wrong. Uh a number of years ago, she told me if I proposed to her that she would, she maybe, she was like, I don't know if I'd say yes. She was wrong. She totally, no, I'm just kidding. She, uh, she absolutely, um, I don't know. I don't legitimately. Okay. Here's when Kat was wrong. She's never been wrong. And I mean that sincerely. Right, that's lame. I'm uh, leaving. Well, Kat, if you're listening, which you aren't. Uh, I don't think you've ever been wrong. So thank you. And listeners, thank you. Thank you for putting up uh, for another episode. Um, all one, two of you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, have a glass of bourbon on us. And cheers. Goodbye.